right, let's go to the message. Hold your head high. Read Psalm 3.3 with me together. Here we go. But you, O Lord, are a shield for me, my glory and the one who lifts up my head. Psalm 3.3. Let's do that again. But you, O Lord, are a shield for me, my glory and the one who lifts up my head. Lift your head, hold your head high is the title this morning. Hold your head high. God is the one who lifts our head, if we allow him to. But we need to cooperate with him and hold it high. Slouching is not humility. Negativity is not godliness. This morning I'm asking us to hold our heads high because of who we are. You need to hold your head high because of who you are. I have four reasons why we should hold our head high. The first one is for health. To be healthy, hold your head high. All right? Good posture. I remember my mother's words clearly. When I was slouching, she would say in her... In her uh, yeah, you know how Grandma says it. <laughs> she would say in her uh, Swiss dialect, Nitzelchrombocklik. And direct translation is, not so crooked-backed. Stand up straight. That's what she would tell me. All right, I've got some negative, uh, negative effects of slouching or head forward, uh, forward head posture on the body. I've got a list here of negative effects if you don't hold your head high. Fatigue and lack of energy. Shoulder, neck, and upper back pain. Damage to joints, damage to ligaments, muscles, blood vessels, and nerves. Insomnia or sleep apnea. Snoring. Migraines and headaches. Impaired performance in sports. Loss of up to two inches in height. Arthritis. You can appear 10 pounds heavier than you are. Compromises your spine. Causes pinched nerves. Impairs range of motion. Restricts blood flow to the brain. Jaw pain and sinus issues. Increases frequency of asthma attacks. Burdens your digestive system. Destroys confidence affects lung capacity, causes dizziness, and issues with balance. Is that enough reasons to hold your head high? That's just the physical part, holding your head high. Because of what my mother taught me, I about can't stand it. When I see a beautiful young lady walking around like this. When I see a strong young man, I about can't stand it. Hold your head high. Represent whose image you were created in. 
for me now, after years of sitting at a computer or listening to people in a caring posture, and I'm so much older now, it's harder. I get fatigued. But my mom isn't here to tell me, but I have three sons now to tell me, Dad, stand up straight. One's aspiring to be a chiropractor. Well, I can understand why he'd say that. The other's into uh, physical therapy. I can understand why he'd say that. And the other one's into emotional therapy. <laughs> you know them. <laughs> So I need their voice. Hold your head high. Hold your head high. If it's good for physical and emotional health, you can know that it's good for spiritual health. So much more important to hold your head high for spiritual health. Thinking of our spiritual head, holding our spiritual head high, think of Colossians 1.18. He is the head of the body. And that verse ends with that in all things he may have the preeminence. So I love that picture. We need to hold our Jesus Christ, our Savior, high. He is our spiritual head. He is the head of the church. We sang this morning, for Christ and the church, let our voices ring. Let's hold our spiritual head high. Lift him up that he, can, he has the preeminence. Furthermore, you are complete. Colossians also says you are, you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. So as you hold your head high, Jesus Christ spiritually, you are complete in him. You won't have those negative side effects that I read about or the spiritual version of it. So, for physical posture, hold your physical head high for physical health. For your spiritual posture, hold your spiritual head high for spiritual health. For emotional posture, hold your head high. Your outlook on life. What's your outlook on life? Hold your head high. Have a positive outlook on life. And that, your emotional posture, will affect your physical and spiritual and emotional life. And you will be healthier. So hold your head high for health. The next one is for success. Hold your head high for success. When you look down, you see defeat. There's your dad joke for the day. When you look down, you see defeat. Negative, negativity has a negative effect on us. That's not rocket science. Negativity has a negative effect on us. It's demoralizing. We will not be as successful in what God leads our hands to do, in what God leads our mouth to speak. We will not be successful, as successful, 
if we do not hold our head high. I know a little sarcasm can be fun and can help us get through some tough spots sometimes, but sarcasm, uh, excessive sarcasm is not a good long-term solution. So hold your head high for success. All right, here's a, a head held high. What do you think is one reason why this head is held high? Attention? Oh, he's paying attention, okay? Yes, he's alert. He's paying attention. Why might he be, need to be alert and paying attention? He may get shot, yes. For safety. Hold your head high for safety. That deer needs to be looking around, needs to be alert, needs to hold his head high for safety. So do you. Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. Hold your head high. Pray with your eyes open, especially your, your spiritual eyes. Hold your head high for safety. All right, one more, and we'll spend most of the time on this. Hold your head high because of who you are. Because of who you are. I'd like for you to turn in your Bibles to 1 Peter 2. Did your dad ever say when you left the house, be good, have fun, and remember who you are? My dad didn't say that, but I knew it. <laughs> I've heard that some dads do that. I think that's good. Be good, have fun, and remember who you are. Don't disgrace the family name. Remember who you are. Hold your head high because of who you are. Now here in 1 Peter, 1 Peter chapter 2, we're just going to kind of be skimming through here, so pay attention closely. The identity, the, what it tells us of who we are in Christ. So 1 Peter 2, um, verse 2, As newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. I'm going to use the, the, the sheep and shepherd analogy here. The sheep as hungry lambs. That's your identity. That should be your identity. That's how you want to be, as hungry lambs, desiring the Word of God. And that's who you are. See yourself that way. We'll come back to this shepherd analogy again. All right, so look at verse 4. Coming to him as a lit to a living stone, rejected indeed by God, but chosen, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God, and precious. This is who you are. You are chosen to God. You're chosen by God. And you are precious. Hold your head high because of that. Verse 5. As living stones being built to whatever living stones are, but uh, that would take a lot of, that would be a sermon in itself. But you're being built together 
a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices, we heard about that this morning, acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. That's who you are. You are the temple of God. You are spiritual sacrifices that you offer those up. That this is who you are. Living stones, a spiritual house, the holy priesthood. Verse 7 says, you are those who believe. This is who you are. You are believers. Verse 9, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. Why? That you may proclaim the praises of him who, is, who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who, were, who once were not a people, but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. The whole list of who you are, chosen generation, royal priesthood, holy nation, his own special people, and you are those who proclaim his praises. You were once a nobody, but now you are the people of God. Verse 11, sojourners and pilgrims. Verse 12 through 17 talks about having our honorable conduct among men. So we honor and, and love people, and we honor and love and fear God. Verse 21 says, for, this, for to this you were called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example, that you should follow his steps. So you are those who follow Jesus' example. Even in suffering, it is very important to be willing to suffer in following Jesus. And in that suffering, it is very important to hold our heads high because of who we're representing, who we're following, who we're representing. All right, and then uh, the last one here in this chapter is verse 25. Here it comes with the sheep analogy again. For you were like sheep going astray, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. So you are returned Sheep, returning to the good shepherd. But probably the big thing I want to get out of this is, is verse 9 and 10, where what we are called to, it says, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, for once you were not a people, but are now the people of God. So, in other words, you represent God. You are the people of God. Hold your head accordingly. You're the people of God. You represent Him. You were created to bring Him praise. We can't be slouchy about it. We represent him, the, his grandeur, his greatness. So that's 1 Peter 2. But there's many other scriptures. I just made a list here. 
created in his image. You reflect his glory. You are sons and daughters of the king. You are the light of the world. You are the world's body. You are the temple of God, the habitation of the Holy Spirit. You are beloved sons and daughters of God, the heirs of all things. You are recipients of every spiritual blessing. The power of Christ has been delegated to us. Before Jesus left this earth, he said, All power, all authority has been given to me. Go you therefore. And he delegated that authority to us. We have the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of the gospel. We hold in our hands the word of truth. We have the fruit of the Spirit. And Romans 8, 28 says, Everything can work out for our good. That's a win-win situation. We are guaranteed victory. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. If God be for us, who can be against us? Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. You can do it. You can represent him well. We are created in his image, and we exemplify his redemption, and we reflect his glory. His glory. We reflect His glory. We represent God. But because we represent God, that puts us in opposition to who? Representing God puts us in opposition to who? Satan. Yes. It puts us in opposition to Satan and those who are about his thing. He is our real enemy. All right, I'd like to take you now to Psalm 3, where, we, where this uh, theme verse comes from. Psalm 3. This is a psalm written by David when he fled from Absalom, his son. Can you imagine? I cannot imagine needing to run from one of my sons because they're out to kill me. I cannot imagine what that would be like. And David, he wasn't the best father. But he wasn't that bad. His son was out to kill him. And he, he, David was fleeing from his son Absalom. So keep that in mind as we read this psalm. He was fleeing from his son Absalom. The other thing I want you to keep in mind, that this is the David who wrote, The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Okay, got those two? He's fleeing from his son, Absalom, because he's out to get him. But David also has a shepherd, the Lord. I need your attention. He's fleeing from his son, Absalom, but he also has the Lord as his shepherd. Those con that's a contrast, complete, huge contrast. 
But this is David. This is our life. We can go through the worst of things, but we've got the best of things. We can be the weakest, but we are the strongest. Let's read this. Psalm 3. Lord, how they have increased who trouble me. Many are those who rise up against me. Many are they who say of, him, of me, there is no help for him in God. But you, O Lord, are a shield for me, a protection. My glory and the one who lifts up my head. I cried to the Lord with my voice and he heard me from his holy hill. And just like a sheep with a shepherd, I lay down and slept. Protected, sheltered, restful, at peace. I awoke, for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid. Not only of my son Absalom, but I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people who have set themselves against me all around. Listen to that commitment. Listen to that decision. Verse 7, Arise, O Lord, save me. He's still talking to God, crying out to God. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for, they have struck, for you have struck all my enemies on the cheekbone. You have broken the teeth of the ungodly. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Your blessing is upon your people. Repeat that last phrase with me. Your blessing is is upon your people. David had that knowledge. And this is the knowledge I want you to have. Knowing that God's blessing is on his people. And you're one of those people. God's blessing is on God's people. The shepherd's blessing is on his sheep. And you can trust in that. Regardless who's chasing you. Regardless who's after you, regardless who you're tempted to be afraid of, God's blessing is on you. Hold your head high. Be confident. Be positive. You've got this. You can do this. Now notice, back to verse 3. But you, O Lord, are a shield for me, my glory and the one who lifts up my head. So here David is saying, God is my protection. He's a shield for me. Nothing can get to me that, that God isn't okay with getting to me. Nothing. Let's, let's not let anything get to us then because nothing can as God is our shield. God is a shield. He's our protection. And then David says, God is his glory. All right? So that's, that's so significant. We are naturally about our own glory. But David said, God is his glory. So he was looking to God. He was looking to the shepherd for his glory. And as you look in the eyes of the shepherd, you will be able to reflect his glory. And then David says, 
You're the one who lifts my head. Who lifts my head. The Lord is my shepherd. I look to him for food, for health, for strength, for protection, for love, for understanding, for companionship. We look to the shepherd, the shepherd. I want us to think about that, looking in the face of the Father, our loving Father. He is our shepherd. And David grew up as a shepherd. He knew what he was talking about. He knew what sheep were like. And I can just picture him. The sheep with his head down. Forgive me for getting in your space here, but... What's going on? Why is your head down? Let me look into your eyes. Why are you not eating? Are you sick? Look at me for protection, for health, for companionship, for everything you need. Hold your head high. And I love this analogy. The Lord, he said, the Lord is the lifter King James Version, the lifter up of my head. God lifts up our heads. Let's allow him to lift our heads. And then after he has lifted our heads, let's hold our head high and keep looking at him. Keep looking at him. Keep our focus on him as our shield as our glory, as our protection. We look to him for health. We look to him for safety. We look to him for success. We keep our eyes on him because of who we are so we can reflect his glory. He lifts He's the one who lifts our heads. We need to hold it high. We need to hold it high. Let's have prayer. But I would like for you to pray with your head up high and your eyes open. And I'm going to turn this way. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. Thank you that you are our Father. Thank you that you are the Good Shepherd. Forgive us for slouching, for hanging our heads, and for representing you poorly. God, we commit ourselves to looking to you and to hold our heads high with confidence in who you are and committed to your glory to represent you well. We love you, Lord. May your name be praised. I pray in Jesus' name.
Amen.